founded back almost 11 years ago. Feels like a long time, but you know, not really, right? 2006 was launch date. There are now over 100 people up there in Boston helping you guys, the world really, entrepreneurs, better uh, you know, frame their video, host their video, present their video to their online audiences. Uh, they have tens of thousands of paying customers, an ARPU average of about 100 bucks a month, doing well more than a million bucks in monthly recurring revenue. Growth tactic-wise, you know, making limits more obvious in their free trial is something that's helped them drive growth. Uh, margins lower than most SaaS companies, but that, that's because they have hosting expense. They've managed to keep churn, though, lower than most, uh, especially SMB companies at 1.6% monthly. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Chris Savage. He's the CEO and co-founder of Wistia, a leading video platform that enables business teams to harness the connective power of video. They help over 400,000 businesses connect better with their customers using video as the medium. Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Now, for those people that are not familiar with Wistia, give me a better description than what I just gave. What does it do and how do you make money? What's your revenue model? Yeah, so it's, very, it's a subscription model, really simple. Uh, basically, it's a platform you can upload your videos to, put them on your site, control how they look. So it's a you know total control over the player. You can add interactivity if you want, um, link it into all the other analytics tools that you use. And basically, we're just trying to make it really, really easy for you to understand how your videos are performing, how you can make videos. And when you do that, we see companies use videos a lot more and uh, they end up connecting better with their customers. And what does the average customer pay you kind of per month? And what will determine if they pay more or less? Like what things do you base your pricing on? Um, so it's based on numbers of videos and uh, how much viewing you have. So the average customer is around $100 a month, um, and it's $0.25 per video per month um, as you add more videos. So we've tried to get a pretty simple storage model, predictable. And it also tells we have some customers that have millions and millions of videos. Okay, got it. You cut out when you said the 100. They get 20, I think you said 20 something. They get 25. So each video is 25 cents a month um, in storage costs, basically. So it scales up as you add tons of videos, but it's also really predictable, which is one of the things we found people wanted. Got it. So take us back now that we understand the business and kind of what the average customer looks like. When did you launch this company? So we launched a long time ago. So it's been um, it's been 11 years since we started the company. I mean, which is not uh, that old, by the way. I mean, in VC world, maybe that's a long time, but it's not that long ago. 
It's not, I guess it's not that long ago. Uh, yeah, to me, it feels like yesterday, honestly. But um, yeah, in the VC world, I tell people the whiskey's been around for 11 years, and they're like, what? Like, I heard about <laughs> you three years ago. Like, what the hell were you doing at the beginning? And I was like, figuring it out, man. I don't know. <laughs> what, were, what were you doing at the beginning? Do you remember what first year revenue was? Oh, there was no, we basically made no money in the first year. In the second, like, we made like um, 13,000. <laughs> and then the third year, we made like 150 or something. And it continued to scale at a good pace. And I guess if this was 11 years ago, that would have been founding year is 2006 when you did 13K? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And were you doing like professional service agency esque stuff there while you figured out the model? So, no, we actually went the route of let's just make things so cheap that like even a few customers will have a impact on us. So we well, we really didn't actually, the 13K was actually 2007. So 2006 would be like nothing. Um, but we, my co-founder and I were living in a 10 person house. Like our girlfriends were living in our, uh, with us, like all these other people in the house. So we were spending $300 a month on rent and our office was my co-founder's bedroom. And so that was another 300 bucks. So our total, the total amount of money we needed to make to cover all of our expenses um, was like 1500 a month. And so at Sarah actually, pretty quickly, once we started to get just our first customer for $400 and then another one for $400, like most of the way there. And we just went the cheap route basically. Um, so it worked. So would you say number the number one ways you've driven revenue expansion is just doubling and tripling pricing? Um, that's, it's interesting. Actually, we had never done a pricing change until this year. Um, we've, we've tried lots of different stuff and almost always what happens is we, you know, you increase, so it's just very simple supply and demand curve. You increase the price, less people sign up, you decrease the price, more people sign up, but overall revenue is like very similar. We made a mistake because we weren't charging based on the amount of storage. We, we were like, all right, we'll go unlimited and we'll just charge if people have a really big audience. And that got a lot of people signing up, but we also ended up completely underwater with some customers because we just weren't tracking things on a, on a customer by customer basis, we always looked at the overall. Um, so we fixed that and that made a huge difference. Um, but mostly it's been, if anything, like figuring out how to give more away for the same price. And then that has driven like broader, broader adoption. Interesting. Giving away more, though, without having that thing you're giving away be tied directly to your hard costs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. figuring out, like, what are the new features? What are the integrations? What are the things we can do to really drive way more value? And if someone's looking at the list of stuff, they're like, oh, yeah, of course I need that and this and this and this. And you add all the value together and it feels like you're getting a really good deal. And it feels like you're getting a better and better deal. And I think that has actually helped with word of mouth over the years. Yep. Word of, word of mouth for sure. Now, I imagine your gross margin is a little different than most of their SaaS companies because of the expenses related to video. I mean, so are you under 80% gross margin, I imagine? Yes. Yeah. And Way under based actually, off your face. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> not only were we under 80%, but like we mistake with the storage stuff and like our gross margins were like high 70s and just started precipitously dropping. And I'm like, if, Basically, if we didn't make a change, we we're going to be in a bad place in a couple of years. So yeah. we fixed it, um, and we're in the 70s. But we're not. We're not like uh, you know. I talk to people who have like a 92% gross margin. I'm like, what? How are you? What are you even? How? Like, look at you, <laughs> easy life over there. <laughs> they don't have the cost that you have, though. That's the thing, right? Yes. Now, how many customers are you serving today? 
Um, we've got tens of thousands of paying customers today. Okay, and how many? So, I mean, can we put a broad range on that and say, but you know, but more than ten thousand, but less than fifty thousand? Sure. Okay, cool. And then, um, uh, are the uh, you obviously have a free trial? I think you have a free trial still, right? Yeah, we have a free plan that you can use um, with three videos. Okay, and how many folks do you have on that free plan? There's a few hundred thousand on that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And you, I imagine you're always testing, because those are your warmest leads, testing what can you give to those people to incent them to, you know, put that first payment in. Um, give us a tactic. I mean, what's worked well for somebody else that's trying to improve their trial, uh, their trial offering? Yeah, there's really simple stuff. I mean, I think the we. I was just in a meeting about this this morning again because it's like one of the things that you're always working on. Um, but the 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 question we always ask is like, do people know that they're at a limit or not? And if they know at a limit, they're at a limit, then are you not? Have you not justified the value? And so you need to do something that helps them feel more comfortable, like exploring the product by giving them more time, um, giving them more videos, which is one of the limiting factors for us. Um, basically, letting them talk, spend more time talking to somebody, or is it simply that you haven't made the ask? And I think that a lot of companies go in one of like almost like they swing the pendulum in either direction. Like you just make really concrete asks to purchase or you go only on the other side of like being like optimizing customer experience, even for the free customer. Um, and so we've tried a lot of stuff, but it's funny, actually, one of the best performing things we've ever done has been making content that is just like inspirational, useful content, sending that to free accounts. And that's like a reminder to people of like, oh, hey, I should check out this product. Um, so for years, actually, when we've launched a big piece of content, that's often the same day that you see a spike in self-service sales uh, from people who are on free accounts. Uh, you have the unique advantage of, of having a tool that people visually then put onto their pages. So it's obvious if someone's using Wistia, if there's branding, uh, that's a key part of your pricing. I imagine it's a key part of your growth as well. What percent of your, uh, percentage of your new trials each month come from that branded channel? Yeah, so that's a great question. It's a, uh, the ones that are directly attributable are probably 15%. Okay. Um, the thing that's hard about it is that, you know, if you see enough Wistia players, you start thinking like, what is this thing? Google and then you it. go look and you probably search for Wistia or come directly. And so there's like some bigger chunk, but it's hard to tell how much of it is really seeing the Wistia player. It makes good sense. Now, have you decided to bootstrap this thing or have you guys raised capital? Um, so we raised two angel rounds, one in 2008 and one in 2010, but we only raised a total of a million. Okay. Um, so we've actually much more been on the bootstrapping path, um, which has been good. I mean, it's it's the last couple of years, we, we, we kind of got so profitable that we felt like we needed to try to aggressively grow faster. And as we tried that in the last couple of years, like it was clear to me why being profitable was so good because like you try, you add all these other things on and all this complexity to the business. And if it isn't complexity that actually truly makes sense with us, it didn't help that much. Yep. And so um, we are we are very focused in the long term. And we found that we've done our best work when we're focused on long term, when that, that you know, from a customer acquisition standpoint, from a product standpoint, everything, um, we're actually in the process right now of trying to recenter everything around that. And just make it more simple. Yeah, like it's, 
you know, it's, it's really easy. Like I think complexity can feel intoxicating because you have this complex idea and you're like, all right, if we do this, then we're really smart and it'll really work. And you have enough of those complex ideas that it's confusing as hell and no one knows what the hell you do and like what's going on. And, um, and what's, like what's causing really, really what? Simple, yeah, there's just simple low hanging fruit that always exists, which is if you can really, if you can make something like five times simpler, so many more people understand it. So many more people act on it. So many more people talk about it. Um, but it's almost, it's really hard to do that with more people. Like we're about a hundred people today and all uh, in Boston. Yeah, pretty much. We have about five people who are remote. Um, but the vast majority are here and it's hard to do simple stuff and it's hard to do with more people. Um, and you cannot kind of only do it if you take that long-term view. Yep. That's actually uh, totally correct. Now, let me ask you in terms of SaaS companies, churn is obviously critical. What's your, what's your customer churn look like annually? Um, so we're at below, uh, 2% a month. Okay. So that's it's pretty healthy. 1.6% a month. Yeah. Um, which is nice. And I mean, you know, there's, it's, there's good expansion that comes, um, because, you know, as people use the product more, so that more than offsets it, which is nice. Um, what is good expansion? Like, are you talking doubling year over year? From, uh, well, I'm saying on a, a unit economic basis, like basically as people use the product more, as they add more videos, as they oh. have a larger audience, like that tends to net out with, with the chart. Got it. So, I mean, fair to say, I mean, if, you, if your turn's that low, they're staying for several years. I mean, you could argue maybe even four years, even if you don't have that kind of historical data. And if they're paying a hundred bucks on average per month, I mean, you have lifetime value, you know, approaching five grand, right? Yeah. Now, how do you, do you use that? Is that how you back in to figure out what you want to spend to acquire a customer? And if not, I mean, what do you spend on, on customer acquisition costs? We've tried a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, usually when we're in our like fattest spending periods, the cost of acquiring a customer can get to a place of, you know, a few hundred bucks to uh, like a thousand bucks. Yep. Um, but a lot of the things that we do best are, are much more affordable than that. Or free. Um, or for free yeah yeah so yeah, even so if you look if you call it an average of 400 bucks you still have a payback period less you know about four months it's still really healthy yeah yeah exactly and i think it's it's what i've noticed is actually that people get obsessed with this like yeah year payback thing because everyone says if you're not doing your payback that you're not investing enough in growth but the problem is like it's so easy to do dumb stuff or things that look like they're working that aren't actually and it's so you know you get on the the of trying to continue to fund that when we've found that sometimes just thinking the other direction of like, all right, we want a month payback. Um, how do you, you have to just almost like open your brain to the things that are the 10 X and the 20 X returns when you start doing that. Um, and that's been more healthy for us from a, from a creative perspective. Yeah. Look, I think uh, this is my theory on this. You'll anything that a VC touches or like TechCrunch, which they basically use to lobby, they'll articulate and say, yeah, you want a 12 month payback period. Why? Well, if you don't focus on getting your money back instantly, guess whose money you then need to go get the VCs, yeah. right? Exactly. So, which gives them yeah. leverage. <laughs> so it's like much better to tell your team guys act like we have no money and we have to get our yeah. money back instantly and force them to creatively come up with solutions. Yeah, I think it's and it's it's funny because it's hard to do that sometimes. Like it's so it seems so simple and there's so much advice in the other direction. But I completely agree that actually saying like, okay, act be scrappy as hell yeah. and then find something that scales in a completely different way than anybody else is thinking about it because no one else is being that scrappy. That's right. Um, and it's a it's a it's a hard thing to almost like help people unlearn. 
but um, as we've done it, it's it's always been by far, you know, gets us thinking about more creative solutions. Mm -hmm. Now, last question here before we wrap up with the famous five. Fast forward to the holiday party, and I know you guys have some wild holiday parties. Uh, Twenty seventeen. Uh, oh, I know. We we had one of my employees at Heyo who was very talented to go up to Boston and join you guys, uh, and uh, I saw the pictures on Instagram. They were they were all in good taste. Just I could tell a lot of fun. So yeah. it's the 2017 holiday party, and you've hit your kind of your your kind of MRR goal or your AR goal in 2017. I mean, what is your stretch goal for 2017? What do you want to get to? Um, so we don't disclose our revenue, but um, what, like, you're or saying? Give me a range. Uh, I th we're more actually focused on profitability right now, so we'd hit, like, a, a significant profitability goal. Got it. When, I mean, what, is there a way you measure? Like, is there is that a percentage number, or is that a, or is that a cash number, or...? Um, right now it's, so we've been running this mode of like running cash flow break even, um, as we've been scaling and now we've decided to run more profitably. And so, um, it's more like, it's a symbol, it would be a symbol right now of like how hard we're working to do that. Um, so, you know, I, I can't disclose an actual number. Well, but, with, sorry, uh, I just want to understand the formula. So without disclosing the actual number, does that goal sound something like this? Hey team, in December of 2017, if we make a dollar, I want to take 10 cents to the bottom line. Yeah, basically. Okay, yes. but it's it a different, like but it's a different percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now it's fair to say, Chris, just so we can appreciate what you've done. I mean, you, you said you have tens of thousands of customers, so let's assume a minimum of ten thousand. You said a hundred dollar ARPU. You're doing more than a million bucks a month in revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Do you want yeah. Do you want to increase that minimum or no? No, I mean, it's like, what does it matter? It's my, not my ego. So. I'm, a, I'm always curious. I'm always curious. But you, you've done something really remarkable, and I appreciate that you've done it without really... Look, I like the fact, actually, that you've raised less than what you're doing monthly, right? I think if every SaaS, B2B SaaS entrepreneur did that, we'd be in a much better spot. Yeah, I think so, too. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back -back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. It helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings, okay? I do them back to back, very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's giving us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever. So go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. All right, Chris, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Masters of Doom. Masters of Doom. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, ben Chestnut from MailChimp. That's a good one. Number three. Uh, oh, actually, by the way, because that's an interesting play for you guys. Uh, if Ben, if Ben came to you and wrote you a check for hundred and eighty million dollars to acquire Wistia, do you sell? Nope. All right. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have besides yourself, besides your own? Um. A quip, actually. 
Equip. Equip. Equip yeah. with with an E on the front or no E? Q U I P. Equip. All right. Number uh, four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight. Eight. And what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, married. A. I have a two-year-old daughter, another one on the way, and uh, another kid on the way in January. Oh, congratulations! So, how many? Uh, oh, I guess last question here. How old are you? Thirty-three. And take us back thirteen years. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? Um, I wish my 20 year old self knew that like persistence and finding things that you care, like basically I should have earlier, um, been more willing to like follow the passions that I wanted to do and just realize that like persistence was the difference between success or failure. Guys, uh, it's definitely true with Wistia. Persistence is key. Founded back almost 11 years ago. Feels like a long time, but you know, not really, right? 2006 was launch date. They're now over 100 people up there in Boston helping you guys, the world really, entrepreneurs better, uh, you know, frame their video, host their video, present their video to their online audiences. Uh, they have tens of thousands of paying customers and our who average of about 100 bucks a month doing well more than a million bucks in monthly recurring revenue growth tactic wise you know making limits more obvious in their free trial is something that's helped them drive growth uh, margins lower than most SaaS companies but that, that's because they have hosting expense they've managed to keep churn though lower than most uh, especially SMB companies at 1.6% monthly growing quickly Chris thank you for taking us to the top yeah thanks for having me